you're looking for either QX80 or an Escalade, I would do that today. 15 grand off? Seriously? That's almost free. Well, it's not. <laughs> but it's But it's, it's 15 good grand you put back in your pocket. How about that? Good as Just for us alone, we brought up that Lake Kiowa had a golf course. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? Yeah. Kiowa. 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 Uh -huh. The odds were for Tony to not make the cut, to Whoa. win the tournament. Say, ooh, Whoa. what is this? I don't know. It looks like some sort of thing. Fourth? Uh, he's played in four total. Third one this year, I believe. Yeah. Played the Punta, whatever, down in, <laughs> whatever the heck that one is down in, uh, Mexico, and then he played in uh, our our event. Not ours, not Avid Golfers. <laughs> I'll invite him. He's got an open invitation for yeah. a sponsor's exemption. Yeah. Infinity, Crest, Cadillac, Crest, Volvo. All three awesome. Come in and ask for Dylan. Ask for the T-Box Special. Especially if you're looking for a QX80 or an Escalade, and you will get $15,000. It's got to be a T-Box Special, and you got to see Darren. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. Yes. Thanks for coming. Hey, morons. I told you I want to watch the hockey game. Now, cut the golf sissy crap and finish up in there. Hey, good morning. It is 8 o'clock on Sports Radio 1310-96-7, the ticket. First Saturday of the month, then the tee box is at Classic BMW, Spring Creek Parkway in the Tollway. We'll be here till 10 o'clock today. And you can get the all-new, the X3s, the Ms, the X5s, the X50, the X7, their first three-row SUV. And they have retired courtesy vehicles that are, a lot of them are uh, certified pre-owned. So you have the peace of mind knowing that they were well taken care of and you save a boatload on those. I'm Rick Arnett. Along with me, not Craig Rosengarten today. He's in a member guest battle this weekend. And in his stead is Edward Lohr, tour player, Oklahoma State grad, four-time All-American, all-around good guy. He's, he's shaking his head. Does it seem like a long time ago? Yes. <laughs> It doesn't seem like it was, actually. Oh, well, it's all relative. But glad to have him here today because he's always fun, and he uh, tends to be honest, which is always good when we're talking about the world of golf because golf needs a little bit more honesty. We always, we're always we always told it's the most honest of games, and yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it gets a little willy-nilly. So we'll, we have a lot to talk about today. We've got a, a big suspension. We have crazy golf testing again. We have Romo playing. We have just a multitude of stuff, and we will pepper Edward with a boatload of questions today. We have Kern out of here engineering. Good morning to you, Kern. Good morning. Good to always see your smiling face. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see Edward as well. Thank you, Kern. And I also love you supporting my Oklahoma State Cowboys with your beautiful orange shirt this morning. I knew you were going to be here. Was that on purpose or was that no. in the rotation? Very good. When you told me yesterday, I was like, nice. Very That's good. Right. I'm not sure it's going to help them much, but what well, the they heck, don't right? need help. They're playing Texas Tech. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, back at the station, we have Jay King, who always provides us mirth 
and laughter on the open. Good, Good job, morning, gentlemen. Always. Good morning to you. And Samuel Hale doing tickers twice an hour. So any updates on any sports that's going on while we're on the show? Uh, we've got some Premier League this morning. We've got a <laughs> big keeper injury. Somebody dislocated their elbow, but Whatever. outside of that. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> what, what, what sport is that? Soccer. I think it's soccer. Oh, yeah. I wish I – I think if I would have grown up with it more – I think if I would have grown up with hockey more, I'd have, I'd have played those before I'd have played football. Yeah, Just for like sure. A, you know. Anyway, good to have everybody on board. Don't forget Ideal Golfer. We have uh, Thorn Tree out there. They're, you know, they're a public golf course down down in DeSoto. You play for a mere uh, <clears throat> 25 bucks. You play Country View for a mere $19, just a little over nine, uh, about a buck a hole. Pretty good stuff. And don't forget the Avid Golfer event. Uh, that's October 20th at Cowboys, and that's all on Ideal Golfer, so be sure to check that out. And the Cowboys deal is selling out pretty quick, so uh, get to it if you want to. Good stuff, as always. And uh, as far as anything else goes, might have a movie review. Might do that during the mix today. I saw Joker last Joker? night. Oh, did you? Yeah. Not quite sure what to make of it. Mm. It's like pretty it. intense. It's it's not as bad as you think, but it's not what everybody I think expects. It's not it's not it, there's no Dark Knight references, there's no Batman, there's no anything. This is pretty much him, and they give you very very subtle ways how it's tied into the the Batman persona. But uh, Joaquin Phoenix is I'm not I don't even I don't even think he was acting. I think that's him. <laughs> I think he's just a, I think he's just a nut. But uh, great cast and a small cast too. There are not not too many people in it. Right. Yeah, so it's very good. So we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that in the mix, and uh, maybe talk about the greatness of. Uh, we still got to get you a Whataburger sponsor, dude. Yeah. Got We've the, tried. Got, you got the big. Uh, They're tough. They don't really. Uh, they don't really uh, do much outside of a uh, little bit of corporate stuff. You know, I haven't seen them uh, embrace anybody on in sports. They don't. What We've asked. Really? Yeah. I mean, what's 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 the problem? I don't know. Yeah, come on, because I like those guys. I like that. I like a Whataburger. How could you not? I know. Mm. Anyway, I saw your cup today, so I figured I had to remind him. I'm staying true yeah. to the brand. There you right. go. See, you're a true bluer. That's right. You're not you're not chasing the money, that's the almighty right. buck. You're actually yeah. doing what you like. That's that's loyalty. See, they and they should reward you for that. I agree. You're sticking with them, and they're, they're, they need to quit thumbing their nose at you. I agree. I think it would be a, a marriage made in heaven. And, uh, you know, although they'd probably lose some revenue because they probably have to give you all the food gratis. <laughs> so maybe that's, that's right. The you know, yeah. with three kids, I mean, I can spend a lot of money at Whataburger. That's maybe that's sure. the issue. They just <laughs> don't want think they're looking at their balance sheet. Let me see if we, if we sponsor Edward. Uh, wow, we're going to take a hit on the backside there. <laughs> yeah, their new private equity firm probably wouldn't like that. Uh, you never know. Yeah. All right, let's get this show on the road out here. Classic BMW, Spring Creek Parkway, and the Tollway. One of the issues is still coming up, and I want to get Ed's take on this because I'm sure he's eminently worried about this, and that is testing the old driver, and they did more of these, and they found more offending drivers. And did, How much does it reflect on the player? How much does it reflect on the manufacturer? There's chaos everywhere. We'll talk about that next on the ticket. Hey, Club Corp. And their one membership brings you this segment. Join a club, and you can play all the other ones for a discount, and you get half off food. That's a steal of a deal. So check it out at clubcorp.com. 8.30 will do a little leaderboard action because they're playing out in Vegas. 
Of course, I'm not really fond of. Really? Yeah. Oh, I've played it a bunch. I, I, mean, I, for some, like I said, it's a beauty contest. Some people like yeah. Yeah, Summerlin, just, I don't know. But interesting in names on that leaderboard. And then at 850, what's the correct punishment for giving someone the bird? <laughs> Edward Lore, PGA Tour player, uh, is joining us in, in instead of Craig because Craig isn't a member guest today. We'll wish him the best and his partner. And uh, so things are going swimmingly for him because he's always complaining about he's already complaining about a format. Uh, he's gonna need all the luck he can get, probably. Yeah. Huh? yeah, that's over Craig Ranch. Good course. Yeah. So they'll enjoy it. Okay. So last week they reported that there was some uh, more testing of drivers at the Safeway Open, and they found a bunch non-conforming. Included Titleist, TaylorMade, Cobra, could have been others. And they even uh, announced the names. Corey Connors, Robert Streb, Jason Duffner, Michael Thompson, Mark Hubbard. And so my problem with it is this, Edward, is I understand you need to keep something within a certain limitation because everybody's going to push it to the limit, right? Whatever, and then whatever that limit is, let's just nudge it up just a little sure. bit to see if anybody notices. But I think in this case, it's tough because the players themselves, I don't think, know. You're 100% correct. I mean, I don't – until the the little snafu that Xander Shoffley had at the the Open Championship, uh-huh. I'm, I don't know if anybody knew they were testing drivers. And I think that a lot of guys assumed maybe it was something they would do only at the majors. Like, mm-hmm. I had, I had never heard of it, and um, so actually, I texted Charles Howell last night and asked no. him. I said, "I said, have they Name have dropper. they told you guys anything?" <laughs> right, and he said they have. They haven't like sent out an official memo or anything. He goes, but you know, he said he had his tested last week, and they just come and grab it and take it, and you don't really know what's going on. I, so, you know, golf's obviously kind of got a history of being a reactive sport i yes, think this is just another reactive so. measure like oh well these guys let's just start testing their drivers but is that the right way to do it because again if you if you think of golf as inherently an honest sport i think compared to other ones it probably is sure it is you know compared to every other sport you're lauded for getting away with something right right you're shrewd well you're, especially in golf because it's just your, it's just such a personal thing it's just yourself you know right. it's not it's just your personal integrity. It's not the you know the whole team. So but you're yes. trying to protect the field. Sure, you quote are. unquote right. Right. And unfortunately, it's not a it's not a um, it's not a balanced testing because you're probably going to tend to be more scrutinized if you're on TV a lot versus if you're a guy just hamming and getting it around and you're the first guy out and nobody cares what you score. And sure. you know, so there's that issue. But I guess that's the that's part of the problem of being a great golfer. You know, you you're under more pressure and yeah. you know and more scrutiny. So, I don't know, but they, there's got to be a way because when you get the club from the manufacturer, I would guess, and I'm assuming that the manufacturer is testing them. I would assume so. You would hope so. I don't know that for a fact. Though. I don't, I, and that's the deal. I don't think anybody really knows now. Obviously, the the onus is on us now as the players owners. to make sure that they are conforming. How many players do that? I think you'll see a lot more now, Rick. Do you even, but do you even know what the, how they do it? I have no clue. I know. No earthly I, idea. I, I haven't even seen the machine. They use this little pendulum deal. It's like those little balls on the end of the string that click-clack together. So they do something where they hit it up against they do the, it. Charles said they do it on – they test nine 
nine spots on your on the face. Okay. And, and if any of them's non-conforming, they said they don't even give you your driver head back. They take it. And then if they do conform, allegedly, they're supposed to write down the serial number of that club so you can't bait and switch. Right, but that's the other thing. What what about in two months if you know you hit a lot of balls with your driver and with the face pro, gets a little bit with a pro swing speed? Yeah, it gets a little thinner, and all of a sudden yep. it's non-conforming. So it's oh, it's a. I mean, they've it's a it's a hard it's gonna be a hard thing to really enforce because like that a driver can change over time, and then. Like you said, how are you going are you going to test everyone's driver every week? I mean, you're going to test That would make it fair. Sure. Are you going to test 20 guys drivers each week? I mean, how do you Randomly, I think is a little more effective because I think you don't know, you know, the, the fact that it's it is it is random that you don't know if it's going to be your time that that week. Sure. So you figure, I mean, you know, I'm going to play the odds that they're they're going to always look at mine. Yeah, are all the manufacturers going to start carrying the stuff on their trucks every week so guys can walk in on a Tuesday morning, hey, test my driver to make sure it conforms this week? And what happens if they test in the beginning of the of the, of the tournament, which they tend to do? Right. And then you do bait and switch. Who's going to look at a different serial number? And are they going to test you again if you win at the end? Are they going to test the top five guys? I mean, it, it, uh, it's a can of worms. It's it's a great idea. I still don't understand why they only test drivers, because as you and I were talking before the show, since there's no limitation on the coefficient of restitution or coefficient of time, there's a thing. How long the ball sticks to the club face? That's supposed to be or the trampoline effect, that type right. of thing. So if it's <clears throat> if it's found okay for a driver, or not okay for a driver, but it is okay for a three-wood. So you're getting like the Stenson, the Hendrick Stenson's the world hitting 13 degree drivers and smacking the hell out of it, right? Getting almost as far as a driver. So what's the difference? I mean, if why not just make it the same all around? And can you make a really hot iron face? I don't know. I'm not that smart. I'm not that into design. Probably can. Um, you know, obviously the driver's the one that gets everybody's attention because of how far guys are hitting it. So maybe that's why. I don't. But but does it make? Did, did they do that on the Corn Ferry? Or just the not that I'm tour. aware of, but maybe <laughs> yeah. they do. I don't. That's the thing is I don't know if guys were really aware of. Oh, all right, we're gonna start testing drivers. Like I said, I think golf's just kind of a reactive sport, and they're like, well, this this might be going on, so let's just start testing guys' drivers when really no one knew anything about it. And so now you've got guys that have a you know the persona of oh they have a failed driver. Well, these guys these guys didn't know, but I think now that. Stuff's coming out now. I think it's now. I think it's going to be up to the player to make sure that the one they're playing is conforming. Okay, so here's another confusing scenario. Let's say because, as you know, and and I know a lot of club fitters, um, like an Art Salinger, will say the the farthest you'll ever hit a golf ball with a club is right before the the face caves in because that's when it's the thinnest, right? So let's say you're Edward Lore. And you submit your driver, and it makes it, but it's right on the edge. I mean, it's right on the edge of legality, right? Well, theoretically, by the end of this tournament, it might not be. So what is that? So what happens then? All of a sudden, you're, you know, you hit it just right and at the right time, and all of a sudden, you have this club face that's the hottest thing going, and all of a sudden, you're getting 20 extra yards or whatever. I don't know. And then what do you do? So great idea, bad procedure, and I think you either do them all before every tournament, or, oh boy, 
that's I think that's the only way to do it. I think you have to no, be consistent. I agree because yes, the the randomness. It's like the drug testing. You know, a lot of guys think that the drug testing is not really random. You know, they so maybe there's a perception of guys they think are using, you know, hot faces. I don't know, but it's yes, the procedure needs to be a lot better, and the players need to be way more informed, and probably the manufacturers as well because they need to make sure they have the the equipment there to test their guys because. I know the first tournament I play, if I play, it's going to be like, all right, I want to I want to know what my driver is. I want to make sure I'm playing the right one. All right, this begs another question, Edward. What, how many drivers do you take to a tournament? Uh, I have one in my bag and then I have one extra head on the truck. Okay. So you have possibly two options. Yeah. So if your first one doesn't work out, do you know, are you going to check now that you're, the one that's in the truck is going to be conforming? You're going to have to. Yeah, because if then because I know how I know how finicky a, a, a pro you have to be comfortable with everything in your bag. I mean, Absolutely. golf is tough enough, right? And I've always always thought it was weird. I remember when Jim Furyk caved in his Strixon driver. Jim Furyk of all people I didn't think his swing speed could. You <laughs> that know. tells you how thin the face is. Exactly are, right? right. And it took him. It took the manufacturer. I'm not sure they ever found another driver that fit his eye, and I which amazes me. Right. In this in this era of, of automation and getting everything exact but the pro knows you get give me six drivers and i'm going to find one that's going to work better than the other ones god only knows why but uh, when stuff gets in your head and all of a sudden you're saying this is not my favorite driver i'll guess i'll just have to play with it and that messes up and that carries up into the other parts sure. of your game and all that so everything's a big can of worms i do you think they need to do it do you think the testing is overrated do you think it's going to ha- help out that much to a tour player against his peers? No, I don't. Because what would it amount to? Maybe ten yards? Maybe a couple of yards. Oh, which, so a couple which of, can be a few. Which can't? Well, you know, it can make a difference. Well, ten yards is a club. Okay, so if you're hitting one less club into a green, I think that makes a difference. Sure. Or two clubs, but a couple yards? Yeah. I think everything is so, you know, technologically tuned to the limit. I just. I just don't know how much you're going to pick up and, and you know, uh, how many times once that driver gets past the limit is it until the, the face cracks? I mean, so it's – and then if know. And then if the face cracks in the middle of a round, you can they go back to the truck? I, I get yes, confused they, on that they, too. Yes, they went back on that rule because they caught a lot of flack from pros. Like, you know, we're not we, – we've got to be able to replace – a piece of equipment if it, you know. If it if it was damaged accidentally. Right. If you wrap it around a tree, well, that's your fault. So when they first when they first came out with the new rules, you weren't allowed to do that. Right. You know, and the guys, the brilliant people at the USGA were like, well, you can always tee off with 13 clubs, and then if one breaks, you can replace it. And yeah, some, that's weak. Yeah. Well, so they actually, they actually rescinded that part of it. So it's... <laughs> It's a weird deal, and like I said, I think, just think the communication needs to be better. Has it ever been good? No, it's always I didn't been think terrible. so. No, why is that? Is it because I you guys just, are independent contractors and you guys don't have a union? And I don't know. It's, I just think golf's always been such a reactive game. Everything. I mean, the you know all the stuff they've decided to ban was all reaction, and this seems to be a complete reaction too. You know, I can empathize with that a little bit because when we do our various businesses, whether it's Ideal Golf or whatever, and you try to plan against somebody skirting the rules. 
whatever that is, right? I don't have that mentality. I don't have I now I have to react. I have to think I never thought of that cuz I don't have that I don't wake up in the morning and think about okay, who am I going to hose today? Right. You know, I I and but when it happens then you have to close the gates and 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 make it right until somebody else comes out with something and and it seems like the nefarious mind is always one three steps ahead of the honest one because they're looking for an edge and the honest people are just too oblivious and they just wait, "Oh, wow, I didn't know that was possible." And I think it's the same thing with golf. I think it's I think it's probably the same with anything. You know, you're obviously talking advancement in technology. You know, these people are they're ultimately trying to sell their product, so they're going to try to get it as close to the limit or maybe slightly over the limit as they can. I mean, that's they're just trying to sell a product. On the other hand, as much as we're slamming golf here, baseball has an issue right now because everybody thinks the go- uh, the baseballs are too altered to help the hitter. Right. And it's not that they're hotter. They Everybody's saying that the seams are so low now. It doesn't get any uh, resistance against the wind, so your curveball isn't moving as much and your slider and so your sinker and all that. they're throwing straight heat. And they're throwing – well, they're throwing something that's not moving. Right. And that's why they're breaking records all over the yeah. place on home runs. And Major League Baseball won't admit it. But every pitcher says, this is crazy. Well, and, the, and, the, and the hitters are going shrugging their shoulders. Like, home whatever. Run, home runs puts butts in the seats. I, I guess so. Until, until that becomes so common, that's not even special anymore. I mean, you want to see nine home runs in a game? I don't know. Yes. There's a, there's a limit to everything. Maybe that's like a golfer hitting a 350-yard <laughs> drive now. Now it's just kind of like commonplace. Yeah, I don't know. It's still a four-and-a-quarter-inch hole. That hasn't that changed is, yet. That so. is correct, sir. And that's what makes it as maddening as ever. All right, that's Edward Lore. I'm Rick Arnett. This is the Tee Box. We are at Classic BMW today. That was uh, brought to you by the greatness of Arcus Golf. Go to ArcusGolf.com. You get their Players Prime program. You can play all their courses for a discount. You can get free range balls as much as you want, which is music to my ears. And you get a free Crush Burger. Mm. Crushburger, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. So check it out, arcusgolf.com. All right, we've got a leaderboard up next. We've got a couple of them. We have a, a tournament in town. I wonder how many people know about We'll talk about that next. Peach. <laughs> 8.34 on the ticket. T-Box having fun. A classic BMW, Spring Creek Parkway in the Tollway. Come on here, get their pre-owns. No haggle prices. Some people get really leery when they go to a... A car dealer because they do haggling for a living and you don't. So if you worry about that stuff, then you just get that one price and you get out the door. And you, they have some great certified pre-owns. It gives you the peace of mind that they're under warranty and they've been checked out. And they also have brand new 2018s and 19s that they need to move off the lot for the two, 2020s. Check it out here at Classic BMW. All right, 850. Is flipping the bird worth a three-year suspension. We debate. And then we'll start peppering Ed with some questions. If you have some questions for us as well, you can tweet us at Arnett Rick. Edward, give us your handle. At Big E in Big D. There you go. There you go. So we'll pepper him with those at 910 and then uh, maybe 930 as well. Okay. So we got two leaderboards to look at. One is near and dear to our heart because it's right down the road at the Colony. At... um, Old American. It's the LPGA are playing there. And they got a three-way tie for first with Elena Sharp, Brittany Altamere, and Cheyenne Knight. Nine under. I don't care what tees they're playing from. That's not the easiest course. No, it's pretty challenging. That is stout. Yeah. So these Cheyenne women Knight? can play. There's no doubt about that. Stephanie Meadow is at eight under. Looking at some other names. Uh, Jane Park. Some people might know her. She's six under. Are you, uh, 
Juntagarn. Juntagarn? That's close. Yeah. What is it? I have no idea. I'm she's at six it. under. Yeah. Uh, Maria Fossey. She's the uh, old Arkansas Razorback player. She's mm-hmm. good. And she's at five under par. Brooke Henderson at four under. They'll be playing the next two days out there. I'm sure. Uh, if you want to see some really good golf, here's the thing about watching the women play. We should. It should be much more relatable to most of the amateur players. We can't relate to the guys no, at a no switch speeds of 120, 130. Sure. But what they do, they 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 definitely they don't look like they overswing. They and they still hit the ball really far for what they do, and uh, you learn a lot. What the thing I never understood though, Edward, <clears throat> is you look at stats. Their putting stats are worse than PGA Tour players, and I never understood that. Now you can look at the the sexist remarks of. Uh, Somebody was saying boobs get in the way and all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, the short game for women are not as good as the, the men. And I, I, I would figure that would be where the women would would excel because it's all touch. Yeah, uh, I can see – you're right. I don't understand on the greens. I can see it around the greens because a, a lot of the shots around the green, they actually require a lot of speed to hit the right way to produce enough spin. Spin, yeah. So I think the men do just – you know, they have just kind of a natural advantage on that. Sure. Now, the putting, I don't. I don't get that at yeah, all. I don't either. Isn't that but. crazy? Anyway, but that's the way it is. But they're all very good, and like you said, they're they're very comparable to a, a good you know, a good amateur player with the the way they swing and how. Yes, the way how, they swing. I would they yeah, they score a hell of a lot better. Sure. Um, Did I you say Cheyenne Knight on that leaderboard? They should score better than you. Yeah. Is somebody talking to me downline? I did. I said it was a Cheyenne Knight. Did you say on that leaderboard? I did. I went to high school with her. From Alito. Yep. Nice. Really? I thought that name sounded familiar. See, there you go. There you go. Have some local Dominated here. high school uh, golf, too. I would hope so. She uh, works with uh, Joey uh, Wartenberger at uh, Crown Golf out at Rangers Golf Club. There you go. Very good. Instructor. Another name you might know. I've pl- I've actually played around with her before. She's very good. And uh, Jarena Piller. Yeah. Martin Piller's uh, wife. So after she... Uh, uh, delivered their baby. On the comeback trail after yes. the birth of the child. Angela Stanford won over par. The cut was two over, so it shows that the, the course has some chops. And anybody that's played Old American would tell you that. There's a lot of bunkers out there to avoid. A lot of bunkers. Got some tabletop greens. Um, it's a challenge, but it's a good place. And I think if you want to see some good golf this weekend, I would get out there, even if you go out there in the morning uh, and watch the players because before it gets too hot. I think you'll uh, you'll be duly impressed the uh, the talent that's out there on the LPGA tour, and it's you know they've got great access to the players. You know, there's not the crowds aren't very big, so you can kind of get pretty up close and personal to whoever you want to watch. You know, the Good LPGA experience. reminds me of uh, NHL. Very uh, affable, very um, mm-hmm. available to the media and the fans. They get it. They get it. They they have to be the ambassadors right. to keep that sport um, in the forefront. So um, you'd be surprised, and if you have daughters, take them. Because you'd be, they'd be amazed, too. It's like, wow, you can actually do that. You know, it didn't have to be a guy. Then we have the uh, men's tournament, uh, the PGA Tour. They are at TPC Sum- Summerlin in Las Vegas. The Shriners Hospitals for Children Open. Weird, kind of an interesting title. But Brian Stewart, haven't heard from him in a while. He just kind of pops up every now he and then. He kind of does, doesn't he? But he's won, won a couple of events, and then he'll go away for a while and pop back up. He's got a 36-hole lead along with Patrick Cantley, who I uh, believe won it last year. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, I think right. so. 
He's now that guy. <clears throat> I just wish he'd be happier. <laughs> I've never seen a guy that looked more put out by being on a golf course, and he's dour. Yes, but he's a hell of a player. That's correct. I mean, you want him well. on your team? He's yeah. he's a stud. Uh, he's a 12 under along with Lucas Glover and Kevin Na, who shot a stout 62 yesterday. The top four players shot 65, 64, 63, 62. That sounds like a Monday qualifier. That's not bad. That's a pretty good, pretty good shooting there. Lanto Griffin, who I have on my fantasy team this week. He's t- Lanto. Yep, got old Lanto. He's a 10 under. Bo Hostler, the UT grad, he's right. a 10 under par. For some other Adam Scott, 9 under. Adam Scott told a story last week. Of when he played with when it was the year two thousand, and he and uh, I think Butch Harmon was was teaching him a little bit, even though Tiger was the main guy. Sure. And usually, they Tiger doesn't want you to yeah. teach anybody else. And Butch convinced Adam Scott to play with Tiger in a in a practice round, and I think Tiger beat him by nine shots with a double bogey. And Adam Scott was was crestfallen. I mean, he was just devastated. It's like, I don't know if I can play golf. Well, you're comparing against the, the best player well, probably ever. Peak Tiger as well. That was Peak Tiger. Yes. That was you know his you know what his handicap was in two thousand? Uh, probably like a plus nine, plus ten. Pretty close. Plus ten. Yeah. Plus ten. That's and so finally he realized, oh, then then the following week is when he won the U.S. Open by 15 shots. Uh, okay. And then he goes, ah, now I get it. <laughs> you know, there's him and then there's everybody else. I think I can hang with everybody else. But that was kind of funny. So, yeah, he's at 9-under. Hideki Matsuyama's at 7-under. Scotty Scheffler, that UT grad, he's playing well. Yeah, he eight, really is. 8-under par. And Jim Furyk. Jim Furyk amazes me. There's nothing about him that impresses me. And all he does is just play really well. He's eight under. He's the only guy in the in in the in the history of tour golf that shot a fifty eight and a fifty nine. Jim Furyk's club face stays square longer than probably anybody that's ever played golf through the hitting zone. It's probably so. Why doesn't everybody swing like him then? That's a great question. <laughs> he's got the he's got the what the octopus inside of a phone booth, uh, isn't is, that what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, David Faraday said. Anybody else of note? Uh, hmm, Matthew Wolf. Have you played with him yet? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, he's six under. Yeah. Um, and then uh, let's see who missed it. The cut was five I under. I mean, it took, so five, took, a, took 137 to make. I mean, he shot two sixty nines and slammed your trunk and went back to the casino. That's so. got to be so demoralizing. Yeah, tell me about it. Would you rather miss a cut by one or eight? Eight. <laughs> Because all you do, you, you miss by one. one yeah, shot, right? you don't sleep. You, all you're thinking about is every shot that you just threw away. If you yep. miss by eight, you're just like, all right, I'm on to the next one. If you watch uh, the tour, uh, whatever term it is, on a Thursday and Friday, and they got to show a lot of golfers. They're not just showing the guys that are playing well that week on the weekend. You're amazed how many short putts everybody misses. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, okay, is that going to cost him? Is that going to be the one that's going to make him trunk slam? Or and you'll be what? amazed how I many, you know, like, I mean, I've been playing pro golf for almost 20 years. And how many times you end up missing the, the cut by a one shot? And it just, I mean, it makes you want to just go jump off a cliff sometimes. But. How much do you look at the leaderboards, whether when you're I'm, playing or not? When I'm playing? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take a gander. I mean, I'm not, like, grinding on them, but. 
mean, I'll I'll just take a look maybe on a Friday just to kind of see what's going on. I th- oh, I figured as much just because you want to see you know who's going up and who's going down and yeah. all that other stuff. But uh, the one of the interesting notes was a Kepka made the cut, but it wasn't Brooks. It was his brother. So how about that? It's nice to be related to him sometimes. They give you those sponsor exemptions. You take it, wouldn't you? (laughs) Yeah. Where do I Where do I change my name? Yeah, I know. But it's a you know this is another fall event. Um, It's got a pretty good strength of field. It's in the three hundreds. I look at that now. I I think it's at three fifty something like that. I just look every week at uh, you know like the money qualifiers and how many of the like the corn fairy grads have to Monday qualify that kind of tells me how strong the field is and not once because there was a bunch of guys that have tour cards that were having to try to Monday qualify they uh Monday Q I think is a, is a great Twitter feed. oh he's Ryan's one of the best he's amazing because what they'll do is he'll list on a Monday Monday qualifier the amount of total money that's been won by yeah. these golfers how many majors they've won which are more than you would think how many just tour events right. um it's it's doggy dog and, and it's that meritocracy where nobody gives you anything and you got to earn it all and it's amazing and and a, if you shoot like a 64 there's no guarantee you're going to be able to make the top four no 64 last week was in a seven for two playoff seven for two and then how many people usually show up for a, a qualifier uh like last week there was probably a hundred <laughs> that's just oh it's it's so when you look at other sports, that once you make it, and you get they got guaranteed contracts. <laughs> Don't you, let your kids play golf. Well, actually, do let them play golf because it's a great business sport. And it's yes, a it sport is. Sport you can play all your life. But trying to play pro golf now, I mean, you better I'm have trying a day to play job. anything professionally is nuts. Better but, have a day job. Yes, I can understand anything that. where you don't get guaranteed money to start. You know, Whew. so I'm always amazed by the 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 ultimate respect I have for for tour players. It's not the guys that win um, because. It, there's a handful of guys that are going to do that on a fairly regular basis. I'm amazed at the guys that stay in the top 30, top 40 every year. Yeah. You know, injuries, your swing goes to hell. Uh, maybe there's domestic issues. Uh, maybe your game just goes south. It doesn't you know? take much to get off the tour. It yeah. really doesn't. Because and it's harder to get back on. So if they, in your estimation, if they combined, if they were able to do this, they were com- combine a corn ferry mm-hmm. and a PGA Tour event together, they would just... Throw them all in the mix, right? How many times would a corn fairy player win that event? Um, probably. Out of ten tries, would you say would I, a corn fairy guy win I'd it twice? S- I would say I was going to say fifteen to twenty percent. I mean, yes, because there's still the pressure. Yeah, you've got twenty guys that are just better. Fifteen or twenty guys, as Brooks Kepka said, I only have to worry about thirty guys when right. I play in a tournament. But really, the rest of us, we're all con- we're all the same. You just really are. So he's I mean, putting at, well that week? Yeah, you look at the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. 1,200 is a lead, 500 is a cut. Yep. You know, you look at how many guys were probably two under or better. So within 10 shots of the lead, you know, you had 50 guys that missed the cut. So, yep. I mean, that's, you know, five shots a day. You really think that's a lot, but that's really not. Um, so it's just so tight now. and Which makes it tough. It makes it yeah. exciting and crazy, and I'm surprised. So here's one thing, and. I don't know how much you know about this, but I'm surprised Jordan hasn't played anything, Spieth, in this fall series because, I mean, does he even want to be on the President's Cup team? And would Tiger even take him? He's 27th oh, yeah. on the he's list. He's not even close. He's not oh. even close. He's a pretty good match player. Sure. 
but don't you kind of want to show that, yeah, okay, I think my head's right? Because sure. I think that's all it is with him. I think that's with most players. I don't. I think if you could give yourself a lobotomy, <laughs> I think most tour players would be really good, but a lot better than they are because it's that six inches it's between just, your ears yeah, that kills you, right? It's just getting beat down every week. Yeah, it eventually takes a toll on you. Yeah, but I'm I'm still kind of surprised because some some name players play playing. next week in Houston. I don't know. I'll have to go look. Yeah. I'll look at the field uh, at the break. All right, that's Edward Lord, tour player. I'm Rick Arnett. This is the T Box. We're out at Classic BMW today, Spring Creek Parkway in the Tollway, and that was brought to you by the Links at Castle Hills. If you're looking for a really good country club for not that high a price, some to get of the in. best greens in the state. I would think so. I would think so. And it's really a nice track. So check it out, the Links at Castle Hills. All right, up next. You're on tour. Somebody clicks a camera in your backswing or your downswing. You get mad. You flip them off. What's the right punishment? We'll talk about that next. Nine ten. We'll pepper Edward Lore, tour player, with some questions. If you have some, tweet us at Arnett Rick or at Big D. Big E and Big D. What? A, big on. E and Big D. Every time I read that, I read it wrong. <laughs> Big E and Big D. Edward Lord filling in for Craig today. He's been a member of guest tournament. Wish him well. Hopefully I didn't yipped any. Mm. He said he played well yesterday, though. Uh, this segment brought to you by the city of Arlington, Texas Rangers, Tierra Verde, Lake Arlington. Heck of a trifecta right there. Play him, any of them and you'll have a great time. All right. So one of the big controversies this week was biochem. I actually think it's... it's Pronounced B-O, but however you want to say it's fine. Well, if actually we want to be really correct, I think it's Kim B-O. That's that's actually true, yes. But anyway, we digress. So he's winning a tournament. And he says he's getting tired. He says he's exhausted. I'll read more about what his explanation all this. So on his downswing on the tee... Somebody clicks uh, their camera or their cell phone. And you could tell right away. If I don't even know where the ball went because it was one of those one-handed follow-throughs. And he got exasperated and he slams his club down. And pretty much what Sergio does on a daily basis, it seems like. And then he flips the offending iPhone user or whatever, the bird. If you look at the picture, if you look at a picture... Look in the background. Look at this lady that's in the gallery, and she puts up her a hand to her mouth like, like, like he just pulled down his pants or something. You know, right. I mean, it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and but that's the culture. And so the tour decided to give him a three-year suspension. And if you read the stories, and you look at him pleading his case to the Korean press, I saw he was like down on he's one on knee. His, he's, he's on, on both his, his knees. Both he's knees. pleading. Yeah. It it looked. I'm thinking, God, what the heck did he do? Did he shoot somebody? I mean, what <laughs> what happened? No, um, no, he just lost his temper. Mm-hmm. And was he provoked? Yeah, maybe. But still, he wound up winning the event. I saw that. Yeah, he's one. I think he's the only multiple winner on that tour this year. Not anymore. Amazingly enough. So, here's what he said. Because I was exhausted at the time. I was playing while appealing to my caddy that I was exhausted. I was sensitive because I was in the winning competition. My caddy even asked the fans to be quiet and to lower their camera. The camera shutter sound went off right at the wrong time. It would have been better if it went off earlier or later. It was right at my downswing. 
Tried to stop, but I couldn't. I instantly couldn't suppress my anger. It's all my fault. I think I deserve to be punished. I will accept any penalty. I will be a more mature player. I want to say again that I'm sorry to the people in the gallery who were hurt, as well as my fellow players, my sponsors in the committee, and all the people that support me. I'm sorry because it was my careless decision and wrong action. I will leave all the decision to the association. I will accept the punishment going forward. I will carry the regret to my fellow players forever and will live my life as a better person before being a better player. Uh, too much. Wow. Yes. Way too much. There, there's obviously got to be a backstory that we probably don't know. Uh, no, I think it's just the way their culture is. Well, that's I mean, yeah, they're they're And you uh, sh- I guess you should know that. I you know, Even I, mean, if it I is was a competitive their, I was their, you know, national champion in 2004, Rick, you know. Hey. Uh, um yes, they're they're a strong strong kind of slash tough people. Yeah. The Korean people are, you know, and uh but I there's got stringent be, stringent codes. Yes. You know, you, there's a lot of stories from guys that used to play over there. Um you know about missing golf balls and whatnot, but uh, missing golf balls. Yeah, because people they, were taking them. Yes, you know this was probably, you know, you could probably talk to Todd Hamilton or certainly Brand Job about guys' balls disappearing. That because they weren't born in that country. Uh, yeah, maybe, Interesting. Yeah. I never heard that. But uh, you know, Bo Kim. By the way, what do you do with that? Huh? Miss ball. So even though you know lost where you ball. hit it, lost ball. You're a two stroker. Yeah. Lost wow. Ball. Wow. Um, but, you know, B.O. Kim did play over here one year, and I do know he had a couple instances. Uh, one where he, like, threw his drive after his swing, and I believe it hit Ken Duke. I think I saw that on the <laughs> on the Twitter this week. So, I, I, I honestly, past history. I think there's got to be a past history. I mean, I don't care how strong your culture is, and you can't suspend a guy for flipping the bird three years unless he's done Unless he does it every week. Yes. And he's had multiple, you know, even, warnings. I mean, yes, that's not. I but, mean, you know, there's some countries, if you shoplift, you're losing your hands. That's right. You're right. So, and I don't think there's as much shoplifting over there as there probably is over here because but, of that. You know, the distractions get, you know, a lot of the people are, you know, Korea's got a strong golf culture. They love their golf. Uh, Maybe know, more than we do. Yeah. They're obsessed. Yeah, they are. Uh, you'll get, I remember when I was playing over there, you know, many years ago, you'd get, Get huge crowds there. Some places you wouldn't. I, mean, I threw a ball at a guy in China one year because he wouldn't get off his phone. But you know, that was... <laughs> <Did> you hit <know? laughs> It was it was a pretty long shot. It was a pretty long throw. You know, I got his attention. It, he'd answered his phone like three times in a row, and we were yelling at him, and he kept answering. And I finally just threw my golf ball at him. So uh, given given that given that there's that culture over there, yeah, don't you think the gallery would be more policed? I would think in Korea, because like I said, they're really, they love their golf, and uh, they're all very knowledgeable. But, you know, technology, it's just hard. It's just hard to keep control of everybody because everyone is, you know, on their phones the entire time. So it's it's hard to, I guess, police everything. But I think there's got to be a backstory to B.O. So I'm, uh, I'm guessing Sergio doesn't play over in that tour much. He, he probably make sure long. that appearance fee check clears before he does. Yeah, because he's probably get bounced after the first round. But, though. I mean, here's a guy that's – so if you look at Sergio versus Bio or Bio, the things that Sergio has done over the years has been ridiculous. He's spit into a cup. He's He's gone into a bunker and just hacked his way like yeah, a million times. Saudi Arabia thing. Yes. I mean, yeah. he's, he's unhinged yeah, he for a golfer, and – 
Whether they the European Tour gives them a slap on the hand, I don't know. I think the European Tour realizes we got to stay afloat, so we're not going to we're not going to ban any of our star players. Right? They probably just. I mean, like the PGA Tour, they just you know undisclosed fine that nobody knows about. Which always amazed me too. They they have that silly Emperor's New Clothes uh, mentality that if you know if you don't see anything, it never it never happened. Right. You know, we're the squeakiest clean sport in the world. Yeah. And, it is ridiculous. So regardless, I think B.O. Kim's suspension is ridiculous. It's way too long. I guess he could go play somewhere else in the meantime. But he get I mean, he's won a couple times over there, so uh, yeah, this but, year. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you know, that's qualifying. That's going to a whole new place. That's all that. So I'm sure he's real comfortable on the Korean tour, but doesn't sound like he'll. that's going to be an option. So it must be that, that since you said that about the non-disclosure and all that from the tour's is that the harshest sentence you've seen any golfer get oh, for yeah. what they did, what he did? Well, of course. Yeah, I don't get Not that even either. close. I mean, most of them are Nobody's just a six monetary months, right? fine. Or it's six months. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. taking a sabbatical because you're mending a knee or whatever, but yeah, in the meantime like you're that. trying to go to rehab <laughs> uh, or whatever. Um, but, okay, six months is – I think six months is about right. For, for certain things, sure. And even if even if it's a even if you get caught with a uh, a substance, whatever that might be, and even that's kind of hinky. I'd say most of those are those. like three months. Three months. Yeah. I mean, I just it's hard. It's hard to you know substantiate anything longer than that. I mean, that's ten or twelve. I mean, in a three month period, you know, that's ten events. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I love the sport to death. But sometimes I just they can't get out of their own. Some ways. of our own policies and our policing and our rules aren't aren't really quite uh, what they should be. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So is, is that the was was that one of the tougher countries to play in, given the fact that you said there were lost balls and <laughs> yeah, you're throwing balls it, it at the was, gallery members just kind of because you played it. everywhere. In oh yeah, 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 28 countries. Uh, wow. So yeah, that was one of the toughest. They, I think they just kind of made it tougher. For the foreigners, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was on purpose or it just kind of was. It, but uh, I always enjoyed playing there because I liked the the golf courses. But it was some guys went there and they knew they weren't going to play any good. It was like, you know, we probably had waste forty or fifty, you know, foreigners, and, mm-hmm. and you know, thirty of them when they went to Korea, they just they were like, I'm not going to play. They, yeah, they're just wasting money. So, what, I mean, Turkey, was there another Was there another country that you just went, you know, i got to play this event because I need to make some dough and I need to raise my ranking and all that kind of stuff. But you said, boy, this is a this is taking some tough medicine. Yeah, playing. for me, that was India. I just was like, get me out of here. Because of the courses or uh, what? Because I couldn't go two days without getting sick. <laughs> they, didn't have, they didn't have a Whataburger in India? <laughs> that must be the other thing, too. Do you eat? Do you eat? I know you like to eat, yeah. but do you have to be really – bland and careful what you do when you go overseas and it depends i mean some places the food's uh unbelievable and you're right. always in a big city most of the time those events you're in big you're in big places so but you it's also find... getting used to the culture and the sure. food too right if yeah. you're not haven't been grown up on that stuff you're right really india is the only place i really ever got sick and you know i played there almost six years so i didn't uh-huh. i didn't really have that big of a problem interesting but i had a roommate he would order spaghetti every country we went to so it was funny you know what 
Go with the safety valve. <laughs> he had spaghetti bolognese in probably 15 countries. <laughs> and, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, that's A lot right. of that stuff. All right, that's Edward Lohr. He's filling in for Craig today. And we are at the greatness of classic BMW today, Spring Creek Parkway and the Tollway. That was brought to you by the Texas Junior Golf Tour. If your kid's thinking about maybe they're interested in a little bit of competitive golf, see how it works out for them, you can uh, – Sign up for the Texas Junior Golf Tour. Play events. I think it's uh, ages 11 to 18, uh, boys and girls. And if you find yourself getting into it, uh, there are colleges that look. Trust me, there's college coaches out there scouring the Junior Golf Tours to see who the next latest and greatest is going to be to help their school. So check it out at tjgt.com. All right, up next, we pepper Edward with the all-important and tough questions of the world next on the ticket. This is Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM, The Ticket. Broadcasting live from the TXU Energy Mothership, KTCK AM Dallas-Fort Worth, KTCK FM Flower Mound, a cumulus station. The Ticket's content is on demand at iTunes, Spotify, theticket.com, or the Ticket tab in the Sports Day Talk app. Subscribe to our feed and get content like the Troy Aikman Fake Jerry, the latest Silver Anniversary Roundtables, the Jump Hawk Bet Payoff, and the rest of the best segments from every show every day on your phone, in your hand, anytime. All right. All right. Well, all right. Ooh, all right. We're podcasting, bro, from Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM, The Ticket. All right, there's some people out there that uh, they got aches, they got pains, they got anxiety, and they like to play golf. So how do you mesh those two together without free-falling down the uh, scoreboard, uh, down the leaderboard? Well, some people have tried, and I think you've seen it on tour, CBD gum. They use it. They think it calms them down, says to get them a little more focus. Um, it can alleviate some aches and pains. And I know people that swear by it. They'll chew it before every round and it about 30 minutes beforehand. And you'd be surprised how calming effect it is. But I personally like the cream. I have a little bit of a balky knee. And so in the morning, I'll rub some of the cream on my knee. And it, it's, I'm a skeptic at heart, and this stuff really works. It lasts about three-quarters of the day. Maybe at night I have to put it on again. But uh, there's no THC in it. That's what's cool about this. So you don't have to worry about getting drug tested and and all that it is uh, it's all cbd and it's all good and it's all healthy and if you're getting up in the ears or just you have some aches and pains or maybe you're maybe you're great on the on the on the practice range and then you get to the first tee and all hell breaks loose try some cbd what could it hurt right maybe better than even a lesson you can go to you get that at playwithcbd.com playwithcbd.com you can get the gum you can get the pills you can get the cream um, it's all there I think you should give it a shot. I love it. I've got it on my knee right now, and I just remembered it doesn't it doesn't hurt. So that's good stuff. Is that an endorsement or what? So check it out. Playwithcbd.com. 9.13 on the ticket. T-Box. Out here at Classic BMW Spring Creek Parkway in the Tollway. It's the first Saturday of the month, and that's where we always do the show from. Check out the pre-owns. Check out the brand-new 2018 and 19s that they're wheeling and dealing because the 2020s are out. And they're also selling their um, loaner cars, which, by the way, they're not junked up. They are they're everything you want, and you get a great discount on it as well. So, And with the uh, certified pre-owned uh, warranty. So check it out here at Classic BMW. All right, we got some weather. Talk about that first. And that is sponsored by IdealGolfer.com. Looks like the last two days 
in the foreseeable future that we're going to see highs in the 90s. Today and tomorrow, 94, 95. But tomorrow night, the low is going to be 59. Get it over with. And then during the week, it's going to be 73, 77, 84, 79. And then Friday and Saturday in the 60s. In the 60s. That'll be amazing. Almost my perfect weather. My perfect temp is I wear a sweatshirt and short pants. Just move to San Diego. I lived there for 10 years. You know, believe me when I tell you this, as great as that weather is in San Diego, it actually got monotonous. It's the greatest job if you're a weatherman. Every single day, early morning low clouds lead to hazy sunshine in the (laughs) afternoon. Every single day. And I actually got bored with it after a while. So, if you're going to play some golf, boy, this is the time to do it. No no rain in the forecast. The courses are starting to feel a little bit. Yeah. They're getting a little stressed. I saw a couple courses this week that are normally in awesome shape. I don't care how much irrigation you have. I don't care how much you're watering. It's not the same as rain. It just takes down the temp. Makes you know much better coverage mm-hmm. over a golf course than uh, than the sprinklers. But anywho, okay. So I thought now you can tweet us at our net Rick at Big E and Big D. There you go, and ask us some questions because I was like putting on the pros because they are dealing with stuff that we normally uh, don't have the ability to do, and and he's very honest with his feelings about that stuff, which I like. And so we'll pepper him with some questions like when you play, when you see the, your, your pairing sheet, does seeing a name in your group make you think you're going to play a better round or a worse round? Does that ever affect you? The only guys I think that, um, well, I think you'd probably like to play with your buddies, the guys you really know, but the only guys you dread seeing are, uh, if you're off early and you know the guy's slow, because then you know you're automatically get put on the clock. Right. And while it doesn't, it doesn't. Like I've never been penalized or anything. Uh, How would you consider yourself? I know this is a loaded question. Are you a? I'm above average. Above average. Okay. Um. And it's not like I'm ever worried about getting a bad time, but it's just uncomfortable because you're always, you know, because then the slow guy's trying to play fast and he's complaining because you're on the clock. You're like, well, really, it's just because of you. But, so how how tough is the peer pressure for? Do you guys ever police each other, or you just grin and bear it when you're playing with a snail? Sounds like you guys don't do much. Except I mean, I'm off guys. They're slow. I don't. And, I mean, does it matter? Do I, they care? Uh, most of them are like, really? I'm like, yeah. I mean, you take like nine practice swings. Like, you can't get a shot off in 40 seconds doing that. So, no. Uh, I think that's the only time, like, you're really, you're just kind of like, oh, man, not this again. Maybe that's what the tour needs to do three year suspension for slow play. <laughs> See how oh, quickly that, would, that. I would definitely that get some butts moving. Quickens it up. Uh, so, your dad wanted you, you're a left hander. I'm a left hander. Yep. Your, your dad was a college coach, right? He wanted you to play right handed. Why did you resist? As like Phil Mickelson went the other way because I uh, I just was so left-handed I couldn't even do it. Except we when we had that uh, event out at Tangle Ridge where we were if you got a hole in one you got a right. car which you did, and you took out my driver and you smoked the heck out of it and it was a great <laughs> swing and I was thinking you know I see a lot of guys on tour they do that they'll play left they'll sh- take a left-handed shot on a hole it's amazing how how balanced you guys are on both sides. I, when's the last time you swung a club right-handed? Actually, I did it last week. Oh, you did? But most of the, most of that was just because when I was a kid, everybody wanted to hit my clubs. Okay. So I just kind of started picking up theirs. 
and I have a brother that's right-handed, so and my my uh, you know my practice times, my brain would start wandering pretty quick, so I would just start swinging right hand a little bit. And that's kind of, but when I was a kid, I couldn't do it. So yeah, I was impressed. Well, thank I you. I was impressed. That's yeah. a lot of range balls hit. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so you're a pretty big hitter. I saw last time I saw you average 307 off the measured holes. Yeah. That's pretty darn good. Okay, but there's always somebody else. There's always somebody that's bigger, faster, stronger, whatever. When you're on the range, is there certain players you see walk up and you and they pull out the driver and you just kind of hang back for a bit and kind of watch? Sure. Who? Well, now on the web, there's a bunch of – or the corn fray, there's a bunch, but – Is it because the courses are set up different that they seem to have longer um, average distances hit than the, pros, than the yeah, tour players? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we play a lot of courses, and I'm just like, man, you guys are setting them up on a down – you know, a downhill hole gotcha. or something. Yeah, or so altitude. Or, yeah, yeah, something. Uh, uh, like, Jay, have, you, have you seen Cameron Champ? Oh, yeah. Okay, so is he – I have not seen him in person. So his, he's he's his, almost 130. Yeah, his, his ball flight is so different. It's low, everyone. isn't it? Yes, and and so that's what's amazing is it is to see a ball go that far that low. You know, most guys that hit it long way, it just goes straight up in the air. Sure. But his is like, man, that thing is just standing there. Uh, Jason Kokrak, I mean, he's been on tour for six or seven years now, but I remember played a few mini tour events with him in like 2010, 11. I played 36 holes with him and Lanto Griffin one day. At yeah, Lanto Griffin. Mini tour event. I never felt so short in my life, and I could still hit it 300 yards, but I mean, I literally hit first every hole. And that's against, that's a Luke List of the world. Yeah, all, I these, mean, guys. all these guys can Well, just Luke List is amazing because it just. I mean, he's got the prettiest tempo since Fred Couples, and the ball just rockets off the face. Him, Rory, Dustin, Kepka. Yeah. Those guys just, they don't care where they hit their drive. They're going to pretty much, as long as they can bomb and gouge it. You're right, but but really, for as far as they hit it, they hit the ball very accurate. Agreed. Agreed. Like, I don't know what they could get up to. Like, so when you see a, uh, <clears throat> in our in our current issue of Avid Golfer Magazine, shameless plug, um, we have the long drive champion of the year on him. Yeah, Berkshire. Yeah, Kyle oh. Berkshire. Oh. 158 swing speed. <laughs> that's, that's almost my ball speed. That's, I think 165 <laughs> is the average ball speed on tour. And his ball speed, 228, yeah. he's maxed out at. I mean, you get a guy. How I much mean, does that affect you when a guy's oh. Walmarting you on your t- And you're hitting a 300, and yeah. you're like a piker, well, right? I mean, I used to be long. Now I'm just kind of a, I'm probably still above average. Right, you I'm are. No, I'm yeah. nowhere long. Um, it just, it it's tough because a guy like that, if he hits the ball halfway decent, you know, math says he's going to beat you. You know, he's hitting the ball from 70 yards closer, like, He's just gonna beat you. That's seven clubs. Yeah, typically, he's just, right? He's just gonna beat you, like unless you're unless you just unless you have a Jordan Spieth week where you make you know eight putts over twenty feet. You're you're just not gonna beat the guy. It's funny if you look at it. Used to be the old putt uh, driver show putt for Dell. Now now they have strokes gained off the uh, tee. Right. If you look at the top ten money winners, yeah. they're all strokes gained off the tee. Yeah. The best guys putting are at the bottom. Right. It's crazy. It's it's, it's definitely it gone the other way. No and I guess doubt. the guy who wins that week is whichever bomber is putting the best. That's correct. Right? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Um, putting makes you win tournaments, but ball striking kind of keeps you on the tour, keeps you relevant. Okay. I can see that. Absolutely. And I can see how that would play with your head after a while. 
just demoralizing to me. Oh, you hit a good one out there, and it got, yeah, I mean, he does. He hits it 40 by, and you're like, man, I'm hitting a six iron in, and he's hitting a, he's flipping a pitching wedge, and I'm going to try to beat him. Like, man, See, and I'm thinking if you're a, uh, a Luke Donald or a, uh-huh. uh, uh, who would have Corey Pavin back in the day? Uh-huh. Okay, so there's bunters r- literally out there compared to tour players, not compared to us. Right. And they somehow figure that out because they are what they are. But when you're hitting at 300 yards and you're still getting Walmarted, it's just it's just different. You're and, not you know, the, really you're not the all the guy. all the technology advances uh, they they've helped those guys more than they've helped the average hitter. You know, because you have to swing at a certain miles per hour really for all the technological advances yes. to kick in and so now instead of getting out and driven by 25 mm-hmm. now they're getting out and driven by 50 so. what's your thoughts about uh romo playing when he gets in these events i'm kind of over it like i don't care that they give him one i mean i know why they do it but uh you know it's just I marketing just, it's just marketing and you know the guy's he's a good player he's never going to be a pro golfer as no. much as people think no or, that he's wants to be, I don't, you know, I think Tony's, I don't think, I don't even think Tony's that dumb. Some of these people are that <laughs> dumb, but you know, it's just, it's just a ploy to get people to watch. So and, there, there can't be anybody on that plays pro golf that, that hopes for him to make a cut, right? No, I don't think anybody. You don't want anybody coming to. in from another whatever no, it is. And they come and show going. up for your, they're your not career. Going to. No, and here's the crazy thing. So I, I saw the odds the other day when Tony was playing in the one in Napa. And I thought it was ridiculous. So to win. What, like 35,000 to one? 50,000 to one to win. I'd have said 50,000 to make the cut. <laughs> and maybe a million to to win. Because you make it a 10. It, it, I think you'd have better odds winning the lottery. Sure. Than, he's not going to win a golf tournament. Yeah. And remember, he's a plus. So when everybody says they're a scratch golfer and all this stuff, remember, Tony's a plus one. On a country club course. Okay, so I I I I keep all of my I input all of my tournament round. All actually every round I ever play. Good for you. Because I play some games at you know my club. So yeah. I'm a plus Gotta five point eight. All right. Yeah. And I'm a and I've um I'm I would be considered a struggling journeyman mm-hmm. as a pro. So that just tells you. Tony's it's all plus, relative, right? Yeah. Right. So there you go. Although Tony now Tony can win the American Century. Uh, good for him. Yeah. So he's playing against all the other. Good amateurs, yeah. but totally, totally different. I don't even think – I'm surprised he hasn't um, tried to qualify for a mid-am. I think that would be more in his wheelhouse. I agree. You know? Yeah. I don't know why he's doing this other stuff, but uh, – I don't know. Um, is a good caddy – or how about a caddy period? Are they worth X amount of strokes per round? I don't know. I don't know. X? I don't know. I don't know how many strokes. I mean, they might be worth how, you know, half a stroke. I don't know. So a bad caddy would affect you more than maybe a good caddy. So if you're, yeah, if if I was caddying for you and we had nothing in common and I couldn't, I'm not listening to you how you want to be presented your clubs and I'm not cleaning them every time and so after every shot you're getting more pissed. That might that's yeah, got to affect you a little bit, right? That would definitely irritate someone. But I mean, at least you have somebody to blame. A, at least that's right. <laughs> You know, it's funny though. You've seen the last few years, kind of the guys are they're just taking their buddies. Yeah, and that's really when you get to a certain point. Like, you know, what are you going to tell me when it's 160 yards? Like, you know what? I've done that a million times in my life. You're not going to tell me anything. Now there might be a crucial moment, maybe coming down the stretch, where you, you know, you get me to 
consider something else, or right? Take another deep breath. But a lot of these guys are just going with something they're comfortable with, which I, I'm a huge fan of. I mean, you know, you're going to be out there for five and a half, six hours. You might as well get someone you like. So. And maybe, if nothing else, between those five to six minutes in between shots, um, you take your take your mind off the game. Oh yeah. Do something else because you only need to focus for yeah, right. you know x amount time. of shots or to forget what you just did. Sure. Right. And how many caddies have you had in the last year? And how does that work typically for you? Well, I had a guy starting the year for, a, and then he actually fired me. That's the first time I've been fired in almost twenty <laughs> years. Worked. Did he text you? Oh, he actually called me, which nice. I gave him credit for. I was like, "Well, that's that's actually." How often it. does that happen? Do most tour players text their guy, or they just fire him on the spot, or they? How does how does that? I'd say that's mentioned? becoming a little bit more prominent, but I think the, I think it's still right to talk to him. But that's, it's probably, I'd say seventy percent still call him or talk to him, and then you know probably thirties. But you know, caddies always say you're either waiting to be hired or waiting to be fired. So uh-huh. it's, uh and then I then I kind of bounced around, used a couple different. I probably used six or seven different people. Really? Yeah, I had my bud, I had my brother caddy once. I had my couple of my buddies caddy. Then I just, you know, I had a couple, I had a couple of guys that I'd used in the past do three or four events. So it's, I've played all the courses enough, and I'm kind of one of the guys. I just like someone I like to be around, just to hang, hang with, with, huh? Yeah, put you in a good mood. Yeah, and maybe just say the right thing at the right time. Right. Right. Whether to bump you up or don't say don't hit it left. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things. <laughs> Let's <laughs> not say that. I know. You don't want to say, don't hit it in the water there. Because that's all don't. you're going to be thinking about. I know. Uh, I know. You know, I was probably a little bit different, right? Because I played so much. You know, I played five years in Asia where you're always just using a local caddy. Most of the time it was a girl with a pool card. Or, so I played a lot of golf without a caddy or, you know, just kind of do it on my own. Did so. you Matt Kuchar those caddies? <laughs> I paid them a fair wage, Good. sir. Okay, I'm just checking. Um, I'm glad. Gee whiz. Um you know, but some guys are very dependent. It kind of it just depends on the person, really. I can see that. But I see a lot more guys now going more to a friend, someone I like to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're on the road a long time. Yeah. All right. Um, do you, when you practice, mm-hmm. okay, you hit the range a lot or whatever, do you practice your strengths more or your weaknesses more? Mm, uh, <laughs> weaknesses. Because I think most amateurs like me, just practice what you're good at. We would like to practice what we feel good at because the game the game's tough enough. Well, you should. I mean, a guy that plays once a week, you don't yeah. want to go out there and he just wants to, you know, hopefully go out and have fun. And but if you want to get better, you have to spend some time. And I know the whole bit. Do you do the the typical bit where you spend thirty percent on full shots, thirty percent on chips, and thirty percent on putts? And how do you do that? Or do you? I would say that. Uh, I feel? Yeah, I mean. I, I would, you know, most like the sports psychologists will tell you that, you know, after like 45 minutes to an hour of doing one thing, you're, you're done. You're done. So, I mean, my, my practice is literally less than three hours. You know, be putting, short game, you know, range. I'm, and then I'm either done and I'm going to soccer practice or something or then I'm going to go play. Um, I don't, yeah, I've never been a huge ball beater, but I think you can get done. I mean, I have a – you know, I have kind of a regimen I do when, I, when I'm when i on the range of, you know, technical shots, you know, versus kind of shots that I'm going to have on the course or, you know, kind of made-up stuff with made-up targets. Um, how many uh, how many guys on your tour are you comfortable with going for for tips? Like, say, hey, man, Lanto or whatever, whoever. 
Mind checking this thing out? I'm oh, feeling a little weird. probably like three or four. Just guys I know really well, or I know who they work with that I think. But are it happens, smart. all right? Sure. It yeah, does. And, they, and you don't, and they don't mind doing that. No, I mean if you've been on the road for you know six or eight weeks and you're kind of something's off, but you don't really you can't really afford to take a week off and go home and get it fixed. Maybe hey, just just watch me in a couple on a Tuesday morning or something. All right. That's Edward Lohr. He's a tour player. He's filling in for Craig Rosengarten today. We're at the greatness of classic BMW, Spring Creek Parkway, and the Tollway. And that was brought to you by the Irving Golf Club. Brand new. Used to be Twin Wells. Now it's it's uh, Irving Golf Club. And they did a really nice job out there uh, renovating that course. So check it out. All right. Up next, more questions for, for Mr. Edward, including Titleist just came out with a new golf ball. And they're not telling, they're sending it out to people to try, and they're not telling anybody what it's supposed to do. Talk about that next on the ticket. All right, your PGA Superstores brings you this segment. We're at the greatness of classic BMW, Spring Creek Parkway, and the Tollway. We are for 10, till 10 o'clock. We'll mix with Country Force. And I might give you a quick movie review. Saw Joker last night. A lot of controversy regarding that. I'm not sure why. But uh, we'll talk about that. And then I think uh, I think Eli has wants to go into some kind of debate with you about Whataburger. I'm not sure. I think yes. I've said something about that. I'll, I'll, I'll just stand back and watch. Okay. But we have more questions regarding uh, just tours in general and golf in general. I always like picking the brain of a tour player who does this for a living. And one of the questions I have is uh, you hit Titleist. You use Titleist Pro-V. Mm-hmm. Did you you finally got to the point where you, they ran out of supply of the one you absolutely love, right? The 2007 or eight? Or yeah. Eight. So the the one that I've had for the last couple of years, I really liked, but I did actually change to the black one. And you can tell a, a tour player can tell the difference between a Pro V and a Pro V One X. Yeah, you can really just mostly around the green. That and kind of like the windows you're used to seeing when your ball takes off. Yeah. that's what that's what catches your attention. Yeah, Tiger said that too. He says, "I look up and there's a." Now, his window might be smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows with him? But, uh, yeah, if it's not coming off the club the right way, then – and it's all in your – it's still all in your head, right? That's why I never understood how people could get fitted inside oh, yeah. a studio. Right. But I was told, and this makes sense, you get fitted in a studio because you don't want anything affecting that ball flight. You don't want elevated tee. You don't want um, Wind, tailwind, right. any of that stuff. Then, once you get fitted – then you take it out to the golf course, and then you see if it, if it translates to that, then you got a winner. If not, then you go back and tweak sure. it. So I, that made sense to me. I agree. Because I, I just wasn't sure. But Tyler's just came out with a new golf ball called the EXP-01 or .01. And they're sending it out to uh, pros. They're sending it out to amateurs. It's a prototype golf ball, but they're not – saying what that ball is supposed to do. And I find that interesting. Now, partly I think it's genius because I'm thinking beauty is in the eye beholder, right? If, sure. if I think it goes hotter off the club face or it has more spin and whatever, okay. But if you tell me, no, this is a slower spin ball, then I'm going to go, oh, really? Yeah, that's no good. So they're um, – they're, the pro shops are only getting between 6 and 12 dozen of these. And after, they won't be able to reorder them. And the company anticipates all the golf balls will be gone by the end of 2019. So what's the why? Yeah, I say why. What if you liked it, 
And then you can't get any more of it. Well, that's kind of a the only, waste, right? Now, Titus did note that the EXP.01 has 346 dimples, which is different than the Pro V1, and which it has 352, and the Pro V1X, which has 328. It says the company does not anticipate this ball to be used by players on the PGA Tour or other professional circuits. So there's a lot of mystery around this. I guess, like anything else, you want to try it. But I mean, obviously, they're, they're trying to create a market, and they're trying to, you know, kind of make it kind of sneaky, maybe to get people to tr- to want to use it. But I don't see why people would want to use it if they're not going to be able to keep getting it. That doesn't make much sense to me. What's going to be the one deciding factor that's going to have uh, your peer speed up play? What's going to be the one thing? What's what's the tour have to do? Uh, they have to stroke them. You can't find them enough. No, they got too much money. Yeah, but if you stroke them, they'll it'll it'll make a difference. So why don't they? What are they worried about? Backlash from the players, probably. So what do they do? Players are not going to play the tour anymore. Oh, there's that's... plenty. Don't worry. There's plenty of guys waiting in line. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, and it seems to be. And the problem is, as much as I love watching golf on TV. I don't like watching it in person that much because you really see how slow you guys are, especially on a green. It might take six minutes. It's a it's a it's a weird concept sometimes because you know Thursday and Friday a lot of times you can't play any faster. Like if if you're playing 144 a, players, or in the summer you're playing 156, you yeah. just can't. I mean, I had multiple instances this year where I was the first group off, and you know we played two hours you know, two minutes, and we got to the 10th tee, and we were literally waiting on the next group to walk down the fairway. So your incentive's really not that much on Thursday, Friday, now Saturday, Sunday. So here's the problem, Got you know, you get a lot now of Now you're playing for the money on the weekend, right? Yeah, and you've gone from threes to twos, so you've got this pace that you've set on Thursday, Friday. Now you're expected to play, in, you know, 45 minutes faster, which most guys do. The, the problem that I see and I'm not going to single out all the young kids, but it seems to be most of the kids that are just now on tour. Mm-hmm. It's not that they play slow. It's that they're never ready to play. So like you Shambo. Right. That's you get a kid problems. that hits at 350, so he's going to be hitting last right. every time. But he doesn't start doing his stuff until it's his turn to hit. If you're the last guy to hit, like that second guy's ball's in the air. Yeah, you should you be know, going. Boom. You should be in your routine. So that's the problem. And I wonder why that's – you would think that again. You're protecting the field. That's the that's the PGA Tour's sure. big mantra, right? So, but you're not if you're not enforcing anything. No, you're right. Right? Because hey, the slow I players agree. affect the fast players more than the other way around. A hundred percent. Because the slow players are the weakest link. Yes, so, they are. I d- I don't get it, and I wish they could change it. And even DeChambeau said, you know, so I have verifiable proof why I'm not slow, but I, mean, I can't tell you. Get your head out of the but cloud, I can't tell dude. You. You're the slowest player there is. Oh, he's the worst. I, yeah. I can't imagine. I, see, that's what I'm wondering. When you play, when you're paired with him, how much does that affect your play? Because you have to walk really slow. So by the time you get to your ball, you don't feel like you've been waiting for 10 minutes. You know, you know? that's just part of it. It's, it's, all, it's just another element to the game. Like, you just, you know, it's another, it's another thing you have to adjust to, but that's just part of being a pro. Do you worry about getting your club shipped? When you're on flights, I mean, and I, no. Why don't you get your club ship more often versus taking them on flights with you? Time and money. Even though, are you constantly worried that you're they're going to be misplaced or lost or? It's it seems part of it, but yes. But I mean, you know, we're lucky. Like if that happens, 
You have a I mean, tour you, truck when yeah, you get you there, right? Yeah, you get a set built. I mean, it's a pain, but, you know, trying to make sure if everything is the same, but it's do you have all your, doable. Do you have all your specs with you at all times? They're on the truck. Okay. <laughs> They're on the truck. You don't have them on your cell phone or anything? <laughs> no, I don't. I probably should, but my ping rep, David, takes pretty good care of me. Um, there you go. You know, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so, no, I don't. I don't. It's just part of the job. How often do you change wedges? Uh, probably three times a year. So I read the other day that Tiger uses a fresh set of wedges at every tournament. Well, he only plays like 12 events, so, I mean. Well, it doesn't matter. It's not going to cost him anything, right? <laughs> but I'm wondering how much a fresh set, I mean, if that was the case, wouldn't everybody do that? Wouldn't everybody just get, you know, I want the, because because these greens are so so hard and tight, I better get as much spin as I can on this. Yeah, it kind of, I think it depends on the person. Like, like for me, I don't – I actually – like, I think you can always use more spin around the greens, but I spin the ball almost too much from the fairway, so, like, I don't really want that fresh of grooves, like, from the fairway. Okay. So I, I think it's it's just kind of dependent on the person. Besides the slower play, more deliberate play, I would say, what's the biggest difference between these young guns coming out now back then back when you were All-American and – these guys look like they're tour ready. They are. Is it be why? I mean, what's what's the difference between back when you guys were I don't doing know. it? No, I don't know if it's like post Tiger, like like you know, it's kind of the script back then. So I I turned pro in two thousand. Was mm-hmm. you know there was a couple of guys that came out and did pretty well, but most of the guys it was you know kind of get your head beat in, kind of learn what you're doing, you know, make your way up, you know, in a couple of years. But now it's like these guys come out. Oh, all right, give me three exemptions and I'm gonna win a tournament. So mm-hmm. it's. I don't know why, how the mindset changed. Uh, you know, I think it's it's like any sport. Everybody's getting better younger. Their training's better. The competition's better. You know, Everything's better. They're just better mm-hmm. at a younger age. But it is amazing. They're just, they're fearless. Yeah. And maybe that's the bomb and gouge mentality. You know, you don't have to work your way around a course. You just bludgeon you it. Just, that's <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> so what would happen <clears throat> um, when you're played, pairing with one of these guys, um, what what goes through your head? Because he goes, man, I didn't see this back when I was in college. I didn't, I didn't get this kind of training, or I don't know. Why did a gen? It's not even a generation. It's a half a generation. It's ten years. I'm just thinking, man. I better play good today. I better every. I better, you know, play smart. Do play to my strengths, and because you just is this hard to make mistakes? Because those guys, they have just so much more firepower. Because you know where they're hitting their balls from so it's okay loaded question yeah what's what has a deeper talent pool corn ferry or the european tour good question uh every week i would say outside of their big tournaments you know their bmws Uh, they're gonna be better than our corn ferry tour really yeah i just think the depth but yeah i mean they're they're 10 best tournaments but they don't you know all their good players play over here so, all right, and you also have a coaching. Uh, you're doing this uh, new bit with your coaching. You're gonna yeah. get people. Tell me about that real quick. So I'm just trying to implement kind of what I've done over 25. I mean, I've played high level golf for a long time. Um, I think there's just stuff that you know, elite players, pros, how they, how they practice. You know, what they practice. So you're not, you don't just spend eight hours at the golf course and don't feel like you got anything done. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain ways to tighten up your practice. Stuff you can work on. Do you, you do know. playing lessons? Yeah, that's that's kind of the way. I do. That's the way it should be, right? Yeah, you get like, more out of that. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not certified. Like I'm not a 
teacher. Like I, right. I know the golf swing, but right. I, that's not what I do. But I know how to play golf. Mm-hmm. I can teach people how to practice better. Manage a course. Yeah, and... how to prepare better. You know, you get a kid that wants to play college golf. Hey, here's a couple things you can do to, you know, to get better, to get to learn what's going to happen when you go to college. You know, obviously you're going to get better competition, better golf courses. Here's the stuff that you need to look out for and stuff that's going to be in front of you. One of the things I notice when I play with guys like yourself is you guys don't waste shots. Amateurs, I don't know if they always have this scramble mentality that they're going to hit the, <laughs> you know, why not go for it because, because yeah, it's golf. The pros, they take their medicine. They they limit their their damage. And that's what pro that's what that's what pro golf is. Everybody thinks it's the guys that that you know birdie every hole. No, it's the guys that don't make mistakes. That's that's who wins golf tournaments. It's the guys that make the least amount of bogeys. And that's a lot of times that separates the the great players from the guys that kind of struggle. And that's the other problem with us amateurs is if we're decent, we might get one to two birdies around maybe, but it's not enough to make up for the doubles. And you know we yeah, can't make that. Just think if up. you could just make bogeys, you just eliminate doubles. I mean, most of you guys are going to shoot four or five shots around better. Yeah, I mean, John Hunt shot a sixty-nine with a quad yesterday. I mean, that's well, you, so you guys know could what? do. You played that. a hell of a round, but yes. you had a quad. Yeah, right. I know. If we had a quad, we're in the nineties. You know, because <laughs> we're you we're not getting that back. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Craig and I came up with this game, and because we review courses, our minds are kind of. You know, flying around. Yeah. So we do this thing where you get one point if you drive a ball in the fairway the longest. Okay. Okay, whoever hits it off the tee the longest in the fairway, you get a point. You get a point if you hit a green and reg. You get a point. You get uh, three points if you get a birdie. You get another point if you get junk. You know, you make a par without hitting green and reg or chip in or whatever. So I thought, you know, that's pretty good because we can have some wheels off holes, but we're still in the game. We're still fairly competitive, right? You don't really run away with a format like yeah. that. But I asked him, and we couldn't figure this out. Since there are handicaps involved, you're a plus five. Yeah. And if I'm I'm a five, that's ten shots. Okay? But how would I work that if I played that format with you? Because one thing, we'd have to go off different tees, yeah. more than likely. Because um, you guys are way more birdie capable than we are. What you say it was for a birdie three? Three. You're going to probably have to... Unless I get a I get a three for a birdie, you get a one. That's probably right. Something That's probably like that. the best way to do yeah, that. Yeah, and you might get a, you know, you might get a point and a half every time I get a point, something like that. Yeah. By the way, it's a fun format. Uh, if you don't like want to grind all the time and worry about every shot, you know, sometimes you have to pick up on a hole. Sure. And uh, and it and it, the only thing it doesn't really uh, promote much is putting. Which which is played by me, <laughs> and also by and Craig. Craig. Yeah, Craig is like, I'm all. Like, yeah, let's come up with that one. All right, that's Edward Lore, tour player. Appreciate you being on today. That's good stuff. My pleasure. We're a classic BMW. We got one more segment, and we will mix with Country Force, and might even submit a little movie review. The Joker next. Old American Golf Club, which is the host of this week's LPGA event, Volunteers of America. If you want to see some really good golf, I recommend you check that out. Just watching the gals swing and play, you'll learn a lot about your own game. Much more relatable than what these gorillas over here, like Edward, do. <laughs> Hitting the balls. Yeah. Was that, how long is that dog leg to carry? 310? Okay, no problem. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll just go that way. Uh, a lot of people thank out here at Class BMW, Eric Moss and his whole team for their wonderful hospitality. Kern out here engineering. Great job as always. 
back at the station, Mr. J and Mr. Samuel for doing a great job as always. Uh, next week we will be at Union Bear. Craig will be in next week. I will be out. So mystery co-host will be uh, working with Craig. And don't forget Ideal Golfer. Don't forget um, the new issue is out. Eli did a great job, and the staff did a great job on the cover story on Kyle Berkshire. So be sure to check that out. And I say that as a segue as we bring on Country Force, Eli and Ty. What's up, man? What up? Good morning. How is you? Great. How is you? Say hi to Edward. Hi, Hello, Edward. Edward. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Hey, man. What's happening? We're great. Good. Saw Joker last night. Ooh. Ooh, yes. We were talking to one Matt Birmingham about that. He's seen it as well. Please don't ruin it for me. It's one of the only movies I've been excited about in the better part of a decade. Whoa. Well, all right. I I will, we can't talk I'll about just, that, I guess. I'll, no, I'll just say this. <laughs> it's not nearly as controversial as people are making it out to be. Well, I don't know I don't how think all there these... was any controversy to begin with. Yeah, there was. No, the media were... keeps like they're, they're well, well, basically well, 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 begging for someone to shoot up a theater because they keep oh. talking about it. Well, but that was part of the issue, is that there were allegedly kids wanted to dress up like a clown and cause mayhem and all this other stuff. That was to, what I gathered was the controversy. God. Kids need to, but, like, damn be, millennials. be outdoors more. I know. Like, go, but, go play, like, a pickup game of football or something. Or pickup sticks God or something. Sake. The only thing I'm not sure of is if Joaquin Phoenix was actually acting or not. Yeah, it's probably – Pretty close to what he's normally like. Yeah, he, he does, he does seem to uh, possibly have some crossed wiring upstairs, it seems to me. He dropped like 50 pounds for this. He was under 100. Soda? Uh, he didn't look state-of-the-art. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he looked like a skeleton with skin. Yeah, boy, he contorts his body. It's uh, weird-looking, man. Yeah. And he just, just, so I every time I watch a movie, so I, I recommend you see it. Do not take any kids under no. 18, I would say. Yeah, I don't have any. It's not a feel-good Batman movie. Let's put it that way. I think Bob took his 13-year-old to it. Well, good luck with all that. <laughs> but I say I say you wait. But it's it's worthy seeing. It's it's really good, and it's two hours, and it, it flows by pretty quick. But really, really intriguing, and uh, yeah, like I said, he did a great job on that. But every time I watch a movie where I'm at home watching it on TV or whatever, I always go to IMDb. Mm-hmm. And I always look under trivia, and I want to see how certain things happen, or certain bloopers, or who who originally had the role and they turned it down. I, I like stuff like that. So one thing I was frustrated about was Joaquin Phoenix's weight loss, fifty pounds, oh. but he never said how he did it. But he did say at a certain point it became a real struggle. He was starting to hype, um, hallucinate. Um, yeah, at a certain point, your body is starving, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking probably a whole lot of booger sugar and <laughs> cowboy killers. They probably Bo- didn't have 50 booger pounds sugar. to lose. Booger sugar. <laughs> I haven't heard that one either. Booger so, sugar. So, Eli, yo, <laughs> where do you stand on the Whataburger debate? Well, you know. What is the debate to start? On the okay, world's so Sh- so yeah, let Ed talk about this. On the world's so largest Schindler, mom. Conrad uh, called me. He said, uh. Yeah, me and Pillar are playing golf, and we're debating if Whataburger had better bacon, would you order their breakfast sandwiches with bacon, or would you just stick with with sausage because their bacon is pretty weak? I said, well, really, I probably would, but I generally go ninety percent of 
the time sausage now because the bacon is so bad. How so. could you have weak bacon? That's, that's it's like sacrilege. the microwave stuff. Oh, it's that thin yeah. stuff, the yeah, thin yeah. rubbery. Man, they got to go for that the thick cut. Right, but they don't. Because so it's was... not a health food anyway. I mean, well, the whole see, the meal problem, isn't the a health food. The problem is they're not like it right then. They're making a ton of it and then just like throwing it under a heat lamp. And so it gets all kind of flop. And like it's. it's but this, why would they it, do like, that? They I, make their burgers fresh all I, the time. I get it. Okay. That the way you no want sense. it. I, I get it. I feel like that just bacon in general across the board for fast food chain burgers is all terrible. It, it, adds, I agree. it adds nothing. Hmm. I tend to agree with you. Yeah, it's, I go for the. I'm a kind of aficionado. I like to go for that thick cut. The big slab. Oh no, no. If I if I go to a, like a, a an actual burger place, you know, that is more of a restaurant, not fast right. food. I'll yeah, I'll do the bacon for sure. But it's always better quality. I just put bacos on mine. Bacos. Bacos. <laughs> well, I haven't had those in years. <laughs> <laughs> you know what bacos remind me of? Mini corn nuts. Oh, You're yeah. talking about chipping a tooth on I those do things. not. <laughs> corn nuts, yeah, those are gross. Yeah, the inventor of the corn nut. That, <laughs> uh, what are you thinking? You know what I was thinking? I was it's thinking got, the inventor the same the, guy that came up with candy corn. <laughs> I was going to say this. The inventor of the corn nut was the same one that invented mouthwash. Yeah, There's probably. No, no product that gives you more bad breath than a corn nut. Mm -hmm. God, it's gross. They yeah, stink. there's no doubt. Yeah. So that was the controversy? Just bacon? Well, no, I mean, he just was curious. Really it, a controversy necessarily, yeah. but if they had the better bacon, would you order their sandwiches with bacon instead of just going straight for the sausage? Yeah. So what? Do you, so do you don't order a hamburger with bacon on it? No, I'm just saying. Like, it, so if I go get a, a sausage, egg, and cheese, would I get a bacon, egg, and cheese if oh. they had better bacon? I get that. That's what asking. But would you order a hamburger with oh, bacon all the, the same time? Yes. Well, see, that doesn't matter. Would you get a sausage, egg, and cheese and add bacon? Yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> hey, and, and how about this Whataburger's got the oh, breakfast, breakfast burger yes. now? Oh, man. Yes. The veggie it? burger? It's an no, egg. No, come no, on. No. It's come on. got, what, hash browns, Yeah, hash egg. browns, egg, bacon, and it's an actual Sausage, burger. Yeah. yeah, It's like a, yeah. Mm. Looks amazing. Yes, it does, amazing. does look spectacular. Although, <laughs> I think we're at, I know where Edward's going on the way schedule home. Schedule an angioplasty <laughs> as soon as you order it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, I did try the, uh, the Whopper Impossible Burger. Oh, how was that? Of course you did. The plant burger? Um, could you tell the difference? Yeah, I could. That's and that was disappointing because what, if because with all expecting? the okay, so if you take a Whopper, you take a Whopper and you put your normal stuff on it, mm -hmm. um, it masks it somewhat. But if you just take a bite out of the the patty, you can tell the difference. It's almost impossible to mirror. The texture, the consistency, and the, yeah, everything. There's just something different about it. It's not bad if that's what you're if that's what you're into. I just don't think it's a great replacement. So I heard a I heard a great question. So if a vegan is like so appalled that they want something other than you know a beef burger, then yeah. why do they want their veggie burger to taste like a beef burger? Good question. Because they think they'd be, they'd be, they'd be see these appalled. are the things we need to think about as a society. That's this true. is true. There are probably some vegans out there that are maybe vegans begrudgingly, and they're still kind of wanting that oh, like meat. The, the Instagram vegan that just that's all they, they <laughs> yeah. are doing yeah. Yeah. just to, to tell everyone they're a vegan. Yeah, so I mean, for like true vegan, do CrossFit. <laughs> a true vegan, don't you want your hamburger to taste like broccoli or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't be in a Burger King. You would be at. Plant King or whatever. I don't know. Salad you know what I find out about all these fast food places, though? As much as everybody likes to expand on eating healthy and everything, they're worse sellers that are healthy items. 
Yeah, yeah, because you're you know, you're not there to be healthy. Now you're seeing the you're seeing the trifold hamburger and the <laughs> and the quadfold, and I mean it, those are the ones that that get sold. Yeah, you're not going for a salad. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, salad's overrated. Interesting. Yes, it is. Well, well, I think Edward's going to go hit a. Get a uh, sausage. Uh, I'm gonna go get a breakfast yeah. burger. Breakfast burger <laughs> on the way home. You got like 56 minutes to get there. That's right. I can do that. <laughs> I'm down. Yikes! Yikes! Just bring yikes, us a whole yikes. bag of those things up here for the for the, for the crew. No, he have, they have to give him a sponsorship first. Well, that's, oh. yeah, that's true. Enough. Yeah, this is a, yeah. You're right. Enough is enough. Of course, right. you dogging on their bacon for ten minutes <laughs> probably doesn't help. Yeah, but you can change that. <laughs> Buy better bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Need to make uh, make Edward the ambassador of bacon for Whataburger. Look, nobody likes limp bacon. Amen. That's a good way to end it. Yeah, it is a good way. What do you guys got going today? Oh, oh. Okay, bye. All right, have stuff a good show. Stuff. The TXU stuff. Energy Mothership at Victory Plaza, hard by the AAC. This is Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM, The Ticket. KTCK AM, Dallas, Fort Worth. KTCK FM, Flower Mound. A cumulus station.